So we talked about having the Word of God, using that as that hammer. You know, the Message Bible refers to it as the stone breaker. I like that. I like that. I like that idea. And today, what I want to talk about is not so much the actual weapon of your usage, but the actual worker or the workman that will swing that hammer. So uh, before we get all that, I'll just give you some background. And, uh, you know, if you missed it two Sundays ago, I I apologize. But basically what we are in result is getting to Matthew 11 and 12. And in the Amplified, I'll read it to you quickly. It says, and from the days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault. And violent men seize it by force as a precious prize, a share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with much ardent zeal and intense exertion. So it basically said what we want, we want our little piece of heaven. You ever hear, you ever hear that phrase, I just want my little piece of heaven? Yeah. Well, I don't want just a little piece of heaven. I want all that heaven has for me. Amen. I want all that God has for me. Yeah. And I can't get that if I'm just going to live a passive lifestyle. So when we read Matthew 11, we talk about being able to work for what God has for you. Being able to actually take charge and actually take an interest in your own life so that we can receive from God. Because you know what? He has given everything that pertains to life and godliness. We know that. We know that all of his promises are yes and amen. We know that. We know those things to be true. And if that was just enough, then everyone would walk in his greatness and his glory all of the time. But guess what? People don't. Even though it's provided for you, it still is going to require some action on our part. So when we talked about last week about being workmen, about swinging that hammer, swinging that greatness that God has for you, it's requiring something on our end. We talked about the parable of the sower. Some fell on thorny ground. Some fell on good ground. Some the seed was just cast away. And we decided last week that we wanted to be good soil, right? Lord, I want to be good soil. I want to receive everything that you have for me. I just don't want the 30. I don't want the 60. But I want the 100 fold. I want everything that you are. I want to know everything about you. I want to receive all that you have for me because you said I could. And as a workman, that is what I am supposed to do. So we talked about this in depth last week, and it got real good to me. And I love swinging that hammer around, and you guys get to see, you know, being empowered to go out and actually start thumping the devil in the head. Because as believers, we are not meant to be punching bags. You can't be an overcomer or more than a conqueror. By being beat up, being broken, being laid down and defeated. An overcomer is an overcomer. So that's where I'm trying to get you to that point where I said, you know what? Every day is an opportunity for me to experience God's greatness and for me to put the devil on the run. See, because we have this false image of how bad Satan is. But guess what? He's really not. He's not bad at all. He's nothing. I mean, when you were created, you were created the baddest thing walking. So as a believer, we need to actually believe what God has said about us so that we can start to receive everything that God has. You know, so even in my study, I'm like, Lord, you know, I like that title about being a workman. In fact, let's go to let's go to that that verse real fast. Uh, Let's go to Second Timothy, chapter two. Let's go to Second Timothy. Chapter two. Verse 15, and I'm going to read this in the Amplified. It says, study and be eager and do your utmost to present yourself to God approved, tested by trial. A workman who has no cause to be ashamed, correctly analyzing and accurately dividing, 
rightly handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. Skillfully teaching and handling. See, that requires practice. It says, I want you to be a skilled user of my word. I want you to be able to handle yourself in any situation, not with your own being, but with this word. So that's what he's calling for you as a workman. And you know, and we've heard this verse and we've read it and we know what it means. I mean, you know what this, this means. You don't need me to explain it to you. But what's interesting here is that believers or workmen are treating their spiritual lives just like you treat your regular job. Now, I don't work with any of you. I don't know, I, you know. But in my position, I am required to manage people. So I see all kinds of workers. I see good workers. I see lazy workers. I see just mediocre workers. And I think as believers, we fall into that trap also. So today, we want to talk about how to get out of the rut. Being a skilled workman requires work and following a plan. And if we can do that, then we can receive all that God has. All that God has. Now, you guys know these people, and we're going to talk about them today. And, you know, some of these folks you'll probably run into at your job. You may even be some of these people. God forbid. God forbid. God forbid. But what seems to happen so long, you know, after you've become saved and you have that salvation experience, you know, and, you know, you're rocked to your core and you're like, yes, Lord, I believe. And then from that moment, you're kind of like, what do I do now? Like, what, what do I do? Where do I go? Lord, all right, you, you tell me I, I want to operate in your will and your way, but show me how. And the problem with believers is that when you're shown what to do, you won't listen. That's a sign of a bad employee. Yes, right. You know what happens to bad employees that don't follow what the boss asks you to do? You get fired. You get fired. I don't want to be fired from my spiritual job. That would be terrible. You know why? Because there's no coming back from that one. No coming back from that one. So, Lord, let's talk about some of these things that are hindering us as workmen so that, that you know, what's just keeping us just a little bit from receiving all that you have? So let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. And what you'll find here is that as a workman in the vineyard, we need to avoid a crisis of character. We need to avoid having a crisis of character. When you're called to be in one thing and you choose to act like something else. Or when you've been given a clear plan, but yet you won't embrace it for any various reasons. Because I'm afraid. Because I'm not really sure of the outcome. Or maybe I'm just not trusting my boss enough to actually believe in the plan that he's laid out for me. You know, it's a shame. And, you know, I worked for a company where my boss, I had no confidence in his leadership whatsoever. Have anybody, has anybody ever been there? See, and when you have that problem where you don't trust your leadership, then the inmates run the asylum. And you come into work every day and you do what you want. You show up when you feel like, you leave when you want to, you're not really dedicated. And you know what? And you're just stealing a paycheck is what you're doing. Because at that point, I've had a crisis of character. Like, you know what? I'm not willing to invest in you because I don't trust you. As a believer, when we don't believe the word of God, 
what we're saying is, Lord, you know what? I don't trust you. I don't trust your plan for my life. I understand what you said in this word is, yeah, and that's great, but I'm not really believing you. I'm not really taking it at face value. In fact, I'd rather stick to my own plan. So here in 2 Timothy, verse 1 of chapter 5, and um, media, if you have this in the Message Bible, can you throw this up there for me? And it's, it's interesting here. It says, that precious memory triggers another. Your honest faith, and what a rich faith it is, handed down from your grandmother Lois to your mother Eunice, and now to you. Now, that sounds pretty cool, and let me read this to you in the King James, because I'm certain you've heard this before. It says, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which first dwelt in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that it's also in you. It's also in you. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance of that to stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. And verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Here, which is interesting, is Timothy's getting a little bit shaky. He's getting a little bit weary. Paul's like, hey, listen, I know you. I know you. I know what God called you to do. I know the faith that is living inside of you. See, and it's funny that he even referenced his family lineage here. Yeah, yeah. So I know your mama, and I know your grandmama, yeah. and I know what they did, that's right. and I know that it's in you too. Mm-hmm. So, so right now, avoid having a crisis of character. God called you here and put you here for a reason. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So let's step out on that, mm-hmm. because after all, he is God. Yes. After all, he is God. So many times we as believers, like, Lord, I I know you called me to this certain brook, or Lord, I know you told me to do this, but I'm just, I'm just not feeling it today. So, Lord, you know, I want to be a great workman for you, but, you know, everything else around me is telling me that I shouldn't believe you. So, I'm having a a, a crisis of character. Maybe I don't really want to be a believer. Maybe I just want to be just someone that shows up. Maybe I really don't want all that you have for me because I am willing to engage you completely. He said, but no. He said, because I need you to be the workman that I created you. That's right. Because you have a specific assignment. And when you get with that person I created to be perfect here, mm-hmm. and you get with that other workman over there who's filling out their assignment, and that one over there, and that one over there, when you guys get in concert, you're going to do great things. That's right. See, taking a back seat in your own life is not only detrimental to you, but it's detrimental to the millions of other people that you are supposed to impact with your life. See, that's why getting the workman deal is important because he's trying to spread his gospel. He's trying to spread all that God is to everything else. So so this is what I want. This is what I want. Let's go to Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. See, and I think, you know, when we read in verse 7 back there, Timothy talks about don't be afraid. And right here says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. See, today is about discussing your birthright, it's about discussing your lineage, and it's about discussing your work ethic. 
says right here, listen, God didn't call you just to become saved and just to experience salvation. That was the first step in the rest of the journey of your life. He said right here, what I want is for you to allow me to finish working in you. And if you do that for me, I guarantee you that I will bless you beyond measure. And even so, even if the guarantee from God wasn't about blessing me beyond measure, would you still follow him? We want to avoid a crisis of character. Lord, I want to follow you because of who you are. Lord, I don't want to just follow you because of what I can get from you. See, that makes me a leech. But I want to be a follower. See, I don't want to suck you dry. I want to be in partnership with you. That's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I want. So here, believers today, workmen, understand that if God called you to do a certain thing, he didn't leave you at the altar. He called you to bring something out in your life. He's going to make sure that it comes to fruition. Understand, because it's his job to do. See, I don't care what happens. I don't care how the seed grows. I don't care. I just know that I plant it and something springs up. See, I don't care how God works it out. I just know that he's going to work it out because he said he would. See, he said he would take care of my heartache, so I'm going to let him do it. I don't even need to know how he's going to do that. I just know that he will. He said he would take care of me, and if you have those provisions, I don't care how it comes. I just know that you will provide them for me. As a workman, you need to live your life living this way. God I trust you completely. It doesn't matter what else happens. I'm going to avoid a crisis of character. I'm going to continue to let you work in my life. Because I want all that you are. See, I don't want to be like Timothy here who who lacked courage and strength. See, I I don't want to be there. Lord, I want to be empowered for you. See, so when you read this, it says, listen, I got you. I know what you're going through. I see what happens. You got a disappointment. That's all right. I said, but I'm still God. That's right. And I'm still here. Yes. And I'm still going to provide for you. That's right. Hold on. Hold fast yes. to this. And I will be with you. See, it's great to swing the hammer and get excited when things are going good. And you are the best employee ever when you get that bonus check. Or Friday comes, you are the best employee in the house. Oh, Friday, I'm going to be right here to get my check. And you'll do what you're supposed to when it comes payday. See, but I don't want to be that guy that's inconsistent. He's looking for a consistency and how we operate with him and using this word. Real fast, let's go to Hebrews chapter 6. I heard that. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 6. I I don't know where that came from, actually. I'm sorry. But Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12 in the Amplified. So we've talked about as a workman, Lord, I want to follow your plan. I now know that I can't get shaky in what you called me to do, so I'm going to avoid that that character of crisis. I'm going to avoid that. I'm I'm just not going to do that anymore. And now... I need to make sure that I stay on my job. So Hebrews 6 and 12, 
And the Amplified says, in order that you may not grow disinterested and become spiritual sluggards. Here, as a workman, now you know that you need to stand fast to what God has called you to do. Second thing for you to avoid is to become lazy in your spiritual life. See, because we talked about it two weeks ago where you have that hammer. And it took a long time to forge it and get it nice so that that word is alive and active to you. And then, because of sheer laziness, we lay it down and walk away. And wonder why things aren't happening for us. Because you stopped working. You won't stay employed very long if you show up to work once a week. Will you? See, I haven't found that job yet. But let's continue to read here. So, so that you may not grow dissension and become spiritual sluggards, but imitators, behaving as do those who through faith, by their leaning of the entire personality on God, in Christ, in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom and goodness, and by practice of patient endurance and waiting are now inheriting the promise. Several things happen here. It says, listen, you can't get sluggish, you can't get lazy, you can't get slow in this life that we are living. Said, and what I want you to do is completely trust on, rely in, and require God himself. And it, I like where it says right here, by leaning of the entire personality on God. So, Lord, I want to give all that I have to you. Yeah. And I want to lean completely, entirely on you. That's right. As a workman, as a skilled workman in God's vineyard, it is going to require you, 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 right. to lean completely on him. Yes. So, Lord... This is your plan. This is your plan for my life. I'm adopting your plan for my life. See, because my plan wound up getting us nowhere. See, my plan for my life led me to being broke, busted, and disgusted. Lord, your plan for me is total life prosperity. Lord, your plan for me is living a life of soteria. Lord, your plan for me is living a life of being the head and not the tail. Above only and never again beneath. Your plan for me is perfect in its construction from start to finish. Because it was crafted, one, by your word. His word's infallible. It never fails. It's indestructible. And will be here forever. So if he gave you an ironclad plan like that, why would you not accept it willingly? Right. Sister Pat and I talk about this all the time. It says, before one jot or tittle of his word would fail, right. heaven and earth would have to pass away. Right. Heaven and earth literally would have to fall apart from the inside out if this word were to fail. Yeah. So if you look at that in context of, one, how we believe, how we act, how we're supposed to worship, how we're supposed to live our lives. If this word is the bedrock of everything that we do, then we should be successful all of the time. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Stop looking at this as just an exercise in futility and start looking at this as an exercise in being productive yes. and receiving all that God has for you. 
That's what needs to happen. We have to change our relationship with this word here. You know why? Because the problem is so many people have this Bible encased in glass. Break and in case of emergency. When as the workman, you should be using this all of the time. This is your game plan. This is your playbook. This is not something that you just use in case of emergency. Or wait, you know what? I have a headache. What did the scripture say? No. See, because the workman is filled with the word. So when sickness comes, sickness falls by the wayside because the workman is operating in the word all of the time. See, that's why he doesn't want you to be slack or sluggard in your use of this, because he wants you to be skillful, to use this word all of the time, to accomplish what he has called you to do. See, your life isn't just about you. And the fact that you take a back seat to this glorious salvation that he has given to you is almost downright offensive. Said because I want you to do more. Yeah. I want you to be more. Yeah. I want you to operate the way I called you to operate. Yeah. It says it right here. It says imitate, yes. like those who believe do, yeah. like those who have faith in God do. Operate like you actually trust His word, yeah. because it will never fail. Yeah. Hmm. Said so if you do this, you will inherit the promise. 2 Timothy 2, 19 through 22 in the Amplified. He's going to talk about the last, well, it's almost the last point that I have. And I'm not going to rush it. But 2 Timothy 2. Let me, let, me, let me get here. Come on. So 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. In the Amplified, it says, But the firm foundation of laid by God stands sure and unshaken, bearing this seal and inscription. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names himself by the name of the Lord give up all iniquity and stand aloof from it. But in a great house there are only vessels of gold and silver, but also utensils of wood and earthenware, and some for honorable and noble use and some for menial and ignoble use. So whoever cleanses himself from what is ignoble and unclean, who separates himself from contact with contaminating and corrupting influences, will then himself be a vessel set apart and useful for honorable and noble purposes, consecrated and profitable to the master, fit and ready for any good work. See, I want to be consecrated. I want to be profitable to the master. I want when God sees me to say, you know what? I did not waste my time with you. Said you shook off all the nonsense. Said, and now you're profitable, which means I can use you for something. See, you've gotten to the point now where you've shaken off all of the other nonsense. You've gotten rid of your own self-opinion. You've gotten rid of pride. You've gotten rid of doubt. You've gotten rid of unbelief. You got rid of what sister said, what what your neighbor said, what your your guidance counselor said. You've gotten rid of all of that. You got rid of the girlfriend that broke up with you. You got rid of the boyfriend that never loved you the right way. You got rid of all of that stuff. You've gotten rid of all of it. It's all gone. Said, now you are a shining example of what God can actually do. Said, I see you here as profitable fit and ready for any good work. Yes. Verse 22 says, shun lustful 
shun youthful lusts and flee from them and aim at and pursue righteousness, all that is virtuous and good, right living, conformity to the will of God and thought, word and deed. Wow, see, we get tripped up right there. Conforming. Because nobody likes that, right? I mean, we thought you had it bad enough when we talk about being consecrated. Oh, my God. Consecrated in holiness? Oh, Lord, really? Oh, I don't know if I can deal with being consecrated or holy. I just want to live my life. I just still want to do stuff I do on the side. Lord, I still love you. He said, no, put it all away. Conform to the will of God in thought, word, and deed. Now, that is terrible if you are trying to hide in the church. See, because there are workmen that go to church that won't work and try to hide. You know these people that have a call on their life but choose to run far, far away. See, and because I am unwilling or unable or I am afraid to embrace it completely, I will put up roadblock after roadblock. I'll, I'll, I'll go for all of those things which I should be shunning just so, Lord, you don't call me anymore. See, I can talk about that. I remember... I was 15, 16, maybe. I hated coming to church. I hated coming to church. I mean, I hated coming to church. I hated going to, to, to other churches. I hated going to convocations. I hated going to, to prayer and Bible band, YPWWs. I, hate, I hated it all. I hated it all. You know why? Because the very moment that I was born, the very moment that I became self-aware, I knew exactly what I was supposed to be doing. I knew that at some point in time that I was going to have to be here speaking this word to all of you. And I was terrified of that and didn't want to do it. My grandmother would talk to me all the time about letting the Lord use you. I'm like, Mom, I love you, but I don't want to hear that. I'm my own man. I don't want to be here. I would come to church and I would hide from her. I'm not lying. See, because she would call me out on my nonsense all the time. I'm like, no, invade. Like, because, you know, we are closest of close. And we'd have conversations all the time. And it got right up to the point where I'm like, you know, this conversation is heading to a place that I don't want it to go. And I don't want to tell you about all the bad things that I've done. But guess what? I didn't have to because she already knew. And it was like, listen. You have a call on your life. Stop squandering your opportunity because you may not get that invitation again. God has greatness upon you. Don't come here and hide thinking that God can't see you. And just the sheer stupidity of myself thinking that I would hide from God in his house. What sense does that make? See, the kids play hide and seek all the time in the house. I know where you are. You're in the house. You're not going anywhere. You're in the house. So guaranteed, I'm going to find you sooner or later. And as believers, God has placed a certain desire on the inside of you. And you won't embrace it. And you won't say, yes, Lord, use me so I can be profitable for you. So, Lord, you know what? Okay, I'm tired of the nonsense. I will live a holy and consecrated life. Lord, I will conform to your will, your way. And thought, word, deed, and action. When you get to that point, then the floodgates open. That's right. That's right. See, we actually have to start to embrace this lifestyle. Yes. 
See, because two Sundays ago was great to get excited, and I'm glad you had an emotional response. And I love the fact that you got down with all of that. See, but I, you wouldn't get to that point if we didn't lay down this basic foundation that as a workman, you have to work. And you have to work at being what he wants you to be. And you can't just continue to sidestep the issue. You can't continue to half-step when you come into the church doors. You can't continue to say, yes, I will confess some of the time. Or yes, I will give some of the time. Or you know what, I'll only be holy and consecrated on Sunday because I know everyone is looking at me. And live like the devil the rest of the week. Mm. So you can't do that anymore. See, because there's serious things that need to happen. Mm -hmm. Serious things that need to happen by you. You. Yes. See, and today we are going to have communion today. Yes. And you're going to have an opportunity to say, Lord, you know what? I'm pushing all of that out of the way. That's right. I'm getting rid of past hurts. Mm-hmm. I'm getting rid of past disappointments. I'm getting rid of all of it mm-hmm. so that I can be all that you want me to be. Yes. Yes. Right. Lord, I want to be skillful at using your word. Yes. See, but I can't be skillful at using your word if I don't get to love your word. And if I don't get to the point where I love your word, then I can't be skillful at using your word. And I can't be skillful at using and loving your word if I don't get to love and spend time with you. That's right. That's, it's, it's the most ridiculous thing to think that you will get anything from God and you are unwilling to love him and spend time with him. I mean, fellas, when you liked a girl and you saw her, that's the one. You had to spend time with her to convince her that you weren't a brickhead, even though you probably were. (laughs) And you had to spend a lot of time and say, you know what, sister, I'm a good guy. You had to take some time. You had to build that relationship. You had to build trust between. That's That's what I had to do with her. I'm still doing it. Still convincing her that I'm not a brickhead. (laughs) I almost have her fooled. Almost. But what needs to happen is that you need to spend some time with your heavenly father. Take this Bible out of the glass. Get it out of the backseat of your car. Get it off of the bookshelf. Dust it off. Crack it open. And see what God's work plan is for you. So that you can be what he is calling you to be. Let's go to Luke chapter 9, and I'm going to close with this. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll finish there. We'll finish there. Luke chapter 9, verse 62. It says this, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now that's really heavy to throw at you. But when you think about this in context of the conversation we've had today, said, Lord, you know what? I want your kingdom. I want your way of being and doing and doing right. Lord, I want all that you have in your kingdom. I want to seize it, like we had talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. Lord, I want it all. 
But what you're telling me is that I need to commit to you completely. Yes. See, you can't say I'm ready to work, but long for those days going by. Yes. You can't say, yes, Lord, I'm ready to enter into your vineyard. I'm ready to put some honest-to-goodness work in, but long for the days of old. He said, oh, man, said, remember what we used to do? Remember what we did? Remember what I... See, if that's your focus and that your primary goal for existing, then you can't enter in. Then you can't get all that he has for you. Right here, what he's talking about is commitment. He wants an earnest commitment from you, his workmen. Because he doesn't want people that are going to be in the vineyard playing around. He doesn't want the sometimey worker. He doesn't want the guy that's going to call out sick all the time. He doesn't want the dude that just hangs around the water cooler. He doesn't want the guy that just kisses up to the boss either. What he wants is someone <laughs> that wants to work. That is willing to work no matter what. That doesn't have a character crisis happening. That isn't going to be lazy. That won't hide, but that will actually live a life of boldness for him. That's what he's calling for. Stand your feet. See, now today, we didn't shout the walls down and we didn't tear it up like we did before, and I'm sorry. But this is what needs to happen. He wants folks that are willing to do all of the time. No matter the situation, no matter the circumstances. Ecclesiastes talks about, you know, if you're the guy that's going to sow only when conditions are favorable said, you're not going to get anything. I want you to be the person that's going to operate in this word all of the time. I want you to be skillful at using this word because as a believer, to survive, it is going to require skill in using that word. You know, I love in the word, it talks about that. There'll be battles that we won't even have to fight. Because they'll fight them for you. See, and that sounds great, but you will never, ever experience that if you don't get to know that. Everything that's written on those pages between those leather covers right there is for you. But you'll never know that until you decide to know it for yourself.